Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Colter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. We just want you to be happy. We care about you, and we're here to make it so. It's 2 Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday. Thanks for joining us here. We appreciate that very much. If you'd like to uh, check us out in the first hour, you missed anything from the first hour, you go to our podcast. The 2 Telling Nuanas podcast is available anytime, anywhere, on all your favorite podcasting platforms Apple, Google, etc. You can uh, rate, review, subscribe. Check out the Tell Nuanas podcast thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you want to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Reggage Brothers RV phone line and you can listen live anytime you'd like as well. Just check in what's going on here at 1029 FM in Western Montana on our website, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you jump in the stream anytime you'd like. Stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank. 
your local bank, your opportunity. Colter, we're going to get into some NFL stuff, a very interesting Sunday across the uh, across the league yesterday. But we got something for the people here, first and foremost, do we not? Um, we are going to give away, over the course of this month, we'll do it in the first, officially we'll give it away in the first week of December. But uh, starting now, you can go to our website, 1029ESPN.com, and you can click and you can register to win a pocket knife. Now, that's where this starts because it's not just a pocket knife. I mean, it might be nice to have a little tool, help yourself out, open mail. I don't know. You know, whittle. Uh, uh, we need one right here for this pencil we got here that's got no lead in the tip of it. You know what I mean? I, can I, use a I, do, I do think, though, that if I uh, had one. Yeah, pocket knife would be good. Also, though, Robert Chase is the only man left on planet Earth that has a pencil sharpener. You know, that's interesting. We got a pencil sharpener in my house because mm. the kids do the Wait school. Wait till Kai starts eating oh, the boy. shavings. <laughs> Maybe it'll save me on my actual food bill. You start feeding your you son know, pencils? Just sprinkle that stuff in there a little bit. I, I don't know. Maybe something like that. Uh, in any case, uh, here's the thing. This is a pocket knife, which you certainly could use. Uh, it has, well, it's as sharp as a pocket knife gets. But really what it is, is it's it's not a piece of jewelry, but it comes from a jeweler, RPLS, specifically in Missoula. And what it is, is a talking piece, a collectible, if you will. It so is a, it's a William Henry for a, anybody that knows about these sorts of things. A William Henry pocket knife, which for what it's worth, you know, because I know that you know some people will know, some people won't, retails it. Just over, just north of $2,800 for this item. It is handcrafted, silver, turquoise, spectacular pocket knife that we have for you. And uh, this, we there's a picture of it if you're looking for it. And all, every one of them is unique. Every one of them is handmade. This is a it, very truly one-of-a-kind item that we've procured for you. And we thought, you know, we've given away some things that make sense you know, it's ESPN Radio. Let's give away a keg. Sure, right? That says, and hey, who's arguing about that? Who doesn't like to? But we thought, you know, maybe this will be something that's just a little bit different for people that they might think is, you know, very cool that they can, uh, uh, you know, have. Maybe you give it away. Maybe it becomes a present from you to somebody else that, that, that would be very impressive. But you could go on our website and check this thing out. The William Henry pocket knife. Again, it's it's uh, a hand engraved uh, turquoise silver, sort of the like the theme kind of if you get into that New Mexico, Santa Fe, Southwestern style, you can imagine on that thing. But go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. Here's all you got to do. All you got to do to register, free to register. You go online, you give us your name, your your phone number, whatever, for email so that we can contact you if you're the winner. Here's what we want. We want your prediction for who's going to win the Super Bowl and a, are you ready now, one word, one word explanation for why, okay? you know, Don't get in there and start breaking down football for us, okay? We got that. You just tell us one word why the football team, it doesn't have to be your team, certainly can be, why, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. And by the way, we're going to be giving this away before the Super Bowl. Whoever, this will have nothing to do with who actually wins the Super Bowl. Okay, let's be clear. If you would like to pick the New York Jets, 
You go right ahead and tell me that the New York Jets are going to win. But that's what we're going to do. Very, very simple, very easy. 1029ESPN.com. You go on there, and we're going to be giving this thing away uh, uh, over – we'll be collecting entries over the course of the next couple of weeks. And then that first week after Thanksgiving, we will give this baby away. And so we're really excited about it, excited to have it. And it's a very very cool – and I must say it's probably the highest-end thing that we've ever had to uh, give away uh, here on this thing other than Coulter's and my dulcet voices. <laughs> I don't know how you monetize those. I don't know how we ever managed to do that, but here we are. No, it's, it's really cool. You can go check it out. Like you said, 1029ESPN.com, and there's a picture of the actual knife on there as well. All you got to do is just click on, you'll see you'll see it right there on the front page. You click through there, and then click on the WooFoo form, and all you got to do is just give us a little bit of information and your answer, and you will be entered to win. It, it the, the, the blade, just so you kind of get an idea, is overlaid again and again with very thin hand-pressed Damascus steel mm-hmm. and it creates what looks like a topographic map it is what it appears on the side because you can see where each piece of steel sort of ed- ends as it was then sharpened down so you see the different layers but it's perfectly smooth because they're so thin and then you know don't kid yourself it's a knife it's properly sharp and it's going to stay properly sharp it's just the finest thing that you can get so anyway we think you're fine and we want to have you to let, let you have a fine thing in your home in your house in your life the so best way go. this the best way this is described to me is this is the rolex of pocket knives no doubt so no that, doubt. that's that's the um, and that's why you go to a jeweler to get it that's right um, Thanks, RPLs, for providing this. All right. Us. Very good. Uh, so, anyway, go online right now. Uh, we will tweet this stuff out to uh, where you can, uh, or, you know, get you on the social medias, the connections, and the uh, uh, links to that as well. Coulter, we try to do this each Monday around here and just go, well, well, where are we at now? We are, we are, if you, if you take the buy into account here, week nine, we are now at the halfway point of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, uh, several things. I think a lot of people had huge eyebrows raised at the Sunday night game. Yep. I think in the Northwest, in particular here, I think some people were looking around going, well, what's going on here with the Seattle Seahawks as they go? And, I mean, don't kid yourself. It, it finished off 44, like 30, 34, 44, something like 34, yep. But, frankly, it, it was it was a demolition by the Bills. I mean, give, give credit to to you know, Russ and the guys for getting some points up and trying to get back into it, but they just did whatever they wanted, the Buffalo Bills, to Seattle yesterday. And I still think, once again, was it four turnovers on the part of Russell Wilson yesterday? Yep. Two interceptions, two fumbles. Um, he throws three interceptions and they lose in, an, in a game that goes 69 minutes and 45 seconds against Arizona. The, it, the interception he throws that's the sort of the dagger – is a terrible interception and it's a mistake you can't make. However, you start to people apologize for Russ, as I think is very reasonable to say, look, man, you put it all on him every single time. Sometimes you're just going to come up short. It can't happen every single time. It was all on Russell in that offense again Sunday, and they lose the game. But you, I'm not saying these, this is all on him because it's not all on him. The turnovers aren't all on him. But you can't turn it over four times, period. Just cannot happen. Like, one way or another, that can't be the case. And you take away two of those, you know, make it a one interception, one fumble game, which, by the way, is not a good afternoon for Russell Wilson by his standards. I mean, he protects the football. It certainly has historically. What is that? What is? What are those two possessions net you 
in in the line of this football game that ended up being a 10-point game. I don't know. Look, the Bills were the better team, period, end of story, point blank. So I'm not saying that all of a sudden that, that, that that's where this hinges, but anybody's going to tell you, right, after the score, what's the most important stat? Turnover differential, you have them. You're on the wrong side of it, you lose. You're on the plus side of it, you win. And that's the reason why. I also thought that this is the game that you get out of Seattle absolutely once and sometimes twice every season, which is the the just didn't really get off the bus game. You just weren't up and ready to go the way you needed to be to compete. And I would also argue that conversely, the Buffalo Bills needed this game. The Buffalo Bills are a team that though they're 6-2, and two, though they're on top of the AFC East and all of that, they uh, have not played well the last several weeks. Josh Allen has been a shell of what he was the first four or five weeks. They get Josh Brown back. Our good buddy Sean Rainey on the Make It Rain podcast has been screaming. What did I say? Josh. He's been screaming about the importance of John Brown yep. to this team. And you know what? It's hard to argue with Sean on that point right here. I mean, yeah. what 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 he provided and what Josh Allen was with him on the field night and day, it also helps to have, you know, let's be honest, a poor defensive football team in the Seattle Seahawks yep. out there. So all of this was happening. But the point is, is I think a lot of times, and, you know, I said I was going to have a hot take for you on the Sunday nighter. I'll give it to you right now because this is exactly what I saw last night. Uh, one, t- If a team is ready to go, and another team isn't, it doesn't matter who's better or worse in yep. the NFL. Because totally. everybody's great. Everybody's professional. It's all The margins are very thin, even between the best and the worst teams. Yep. If you are ready to go and live and ready to play a football game and the other team is not, you will win that football game, period, in the league. And that's what I saw out of Buffalo, and that's what I didn't see out of Seattle. That's what I saw out of New Orleans. That's what I didn't see out of Tampa. To make a further point, just quickly on the, the, the Sunday nighter, and then you, you take over, Coulter, but... I also felt like it was personal for the Saints. They've been yep. hearing how they're losing it, how they're slipping a little bit, though they have been the they have been the most consistent best team in that division. I know that Atlanta's been up there a little bit at times. Carolina's been up there. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl five years ago. Okay, so this this kind of has rolled around, but over the course of the last well, of the Breeze Peyton era, that has been the class of that division is New Orleans. And I think they looked over and went, Tom Brady, okay, Bruce Arians, okay, Antonio Brown, whatever. Today, you find out what it is to play in the division. I thought you saw a real divisional personal edge to the Saints that said, don't come in here and think that you just by showing up are going to have this handed to you or just be better than what we are. And, and, you know, you saw that last night. Do I think if they play that game 100 times, that would happen again? No. The Bucks are a very good team. Don't kid yourselves. But last night I thought was was personal, and I thought it played out obviously perfectly in the favor of the Bucks. So there's my thoughts on at least those two games in general. Well, for, first and foremost, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills and Seattle Seahawks game, that was the most points a Pete Carroll coach team has ever given up mm. since he's been in Seattle since in, over the last 11 and seasons. And not surprising because he has sort of changed his philosophy on how he's going to do some football this he, year, he right? He has, but that was an absolute pounding. I mean, I think the Bills were up at 1.34 to 10, mm. and they end up winning 44-34. The roller coaster that is Josh Allen, well, it seems to me playing the position of quarterback fueled by emotion is not ideal or common in this day's NFL. Poise and other you know other mental factors like that are put on such a high priority, and by and large, the best quarterbacks in the league are the most poised quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen's outside that box. 
I think that's why he's so fun to watch. I thought that probably the the biggest criticisms steeped upon Josh Allen from a player's perspective. Do you remember when he was drafted and both um, Jamal Adams when he was playing for the Jets and Jalen Ramsey were like pretty dismissive of Josh Allen mm-hmm. early on? Hey, and they weren't the only ones. I mean, we've had some we had some conversations with some people who were direct affiliations that were there front and center. They were going, mm, I don't know about this. It comes out in the velvet jacket. You know, I remember that velvet wine suit coat that he was wearing and so forth. I mean, who's going to argue that? I mean, Kyler Murray came out in hot pink. Mm-hmm. You can wear what you want on draft day. But you just got that sort of Wyoming kind of thing going on. But is this really is this guy really going to walk into a Buffalo Bill, New York State locker room and, and command it? His play is allowing that to happen. So Jamal Adams and Jalen Ramsey are probably the two most critical players of, of the draft pick by the mm-hmm. Bills in 2018. Since then, since Josh Allen has gotten to play those two teams now, he's only played each of them once. But against the Rams, he went 24 for 31 for 325 yards, four touchdowns. And against the Seahawks, he went 31 of 38 for 415 yards, three touchdowns, and also had a rushing touchdown as well. So Josh Allen's listening, and he was he shut, <laughs> he shut those guys up in short order. Yes. I'm sure that feels good. The other thing that has been a fascinating phenomenon across the league, and this pertains to both the Seahawks-Bills game as well as the Sunday night game last night between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I don't know the answer to why, but I think it's been pretty objectively true across the league that the best cornerbacks in the league have not been the best cornerbacks in the league this year. They have the name brand that they are. Guys like Stephon Gilmore in New England. Guys like Tredavious White with the Buffalo Bills. You know, guys like the, the stellar secondary in general that's supposed to be the, the best part of the Saints team, beside, you know, at least their defensive side of the ball. They're supposed to be one of the best defensive secondaries in the, in the league. They haven't been. Jalen Ramsey hasn't been as good as you, you might want him to be. I don't know the why, but the trend has been pretty consistent. But what we saw yesterday, though, is guys actually step up because having the reputation is one thing. Doing it in the biggest games is how you get that reputation and how you fortify that reputation, and that's what we saw yesterday. I thought Tredavious White had the best game against DK Metcalf that anybody has had so far this year. DK Metcalf has roasted everybody. DK Metcalf took Stephon Gilmore to school. Tredavious White, he he shut DK Metcalf. I mean, it's hard to say that – Three catches for 55 yards is completely shutting a guy down, but he was on DK Metcalf for 32 snaps, and they only threw the ball to DK Metcalf five times, and DK Metcalf only had three catches. That's pretty darn good considering the hot streak that DK Metcalf has been on. Then last night, you look at the Saints secondary. thought Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore were much better. They were what they were supposed to be, and they had Tom Brady flustered, and just given that extra second is how then you get home. It's how you hit Tom Brady. I thought that last night's game was honestly, the tone was set on the very first play of the game. Cameron Jordan rocked Tom Brady on the very first play of the game. Yes, he did. And it was like, whoa, okay, Saints are here to play. But I think that now we're getting to the point, guess, where we thought we had all these teams that were going to, we kind of had the league tiered out before the season. And by and large, most of who we thought was going to be good has played out. But there's been some inconsistencies in their performances pretty much across the board with the exception of the Kansas City Chiefs. They just figure out a way to win every single week. But now's the time when you have, you're have halfway through the year. You have the sample size of what you want to do, what you can do, what you should do. And this is where I think the good teams are going to start to separate them. 
themselves. And I think that the Saints, they look better than they've looked all year last night. Yes. I think the Bucks have some serious issues. And that's funny because two weeks ago, I mean, when the Bucks drilled the Packers, we're sitting here thinking, man, are the Bucks the best team in the NFC? But they've looked disjointed since then. There's something going on with the run game. I don't know if it's a matter of the pre-snap looks that they're getting, so Tom Brady's changing the play at the line of scrimmage a bunch, or if it's some sort of unrest in the running backs room. When Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy were both out and nowhere to be found, and it was only Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones rushed for 120 yards back-to-back weeks. Ronald Jones is not being used whatsoever, though, when those other guys are available. Last night, I mean, if your offensive strategy is to throw check down passes to Leonard Fournette, you ain't going to beat anybody. And that's what the Tampa Bay Bucks were doing last night. They only rushed the ball six times. I understand they were down 28 nothing, but they got to have some semblance of balance to be able to compete offensively. And I just thought it was striking how good the Bucks looked in consecutive weeks against the Packers and the Raiders, and then how they've looked terrible the last two weeks, barely scraping out a win against the Giants, and then just getting, I mean, that was the biggest butt kicking we've seen in the NFL maybe this year as far as how much New Orleans just blitzed. I mean, it was 31-0 with a substantial amount of time left in the first half. That doesn't happen in the NFL. So several things here. Um, the I, I the the reality is is that if you're looking for the place where the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are weakest, period, either side of the ball, I think it's probably in the run game. Even though, like you said, Ronald Jones has run for over 100 yards a couple times this season. In general, that's not their strength. It's not what they brought Tom Brady in to do anyway. It's not what sure. they emphasize. So many, that's many, what it is. How many NFL games you, are you, have you ever seen the winning team run the ball six times? Well, n- yeah, none. None, exactly. And I know but, it's probably them falling behind, but also that's just uh, But the, here's the other thing, though, stat. is in the NFL especially, Aside from if you if you suffer a very significant injury to a crucial player, obviously a quarterback, some, some somebody like that, uh, I will never. I'd like to think, anyways, just uh, just assume that a good team is bad, or that 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 all of a sudden there's a problem because of one performance. Last night was an absolute egg that was laid by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Period. End of story. Also. I know that that's a good football team. I know yeah. that they got the talent. I know they got the, in both directions, both sides of the ball. And why it was that Drew Brees, who also I think is pretty good, uh, with the return of Michael Thomas, was able to go up there and move the ball up and down the field. Also, by the way, assisted by a couple of turnovers. I mean, Tampa turned the ball over at their own 15-yard line, and you go, well, where's that? You know, where's that Bucks defense that we've heard so much about? Well, well, well that where they were was in an awful position. I mean, right. give the Bucks credit; they get the opening kickoff, they move right down the field. Uh, excuse me, the, the Saints they move the ball right down the field and and score you know, touchdowns on their first two drives. But then you get a turnover, and all of a sudden, a defense that's played a lot of football and is tired is back out there in a terrible spot, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, they just rolled. That's what it is. This game in the scope of this season means means nothing except for the fact that it is a head-to-head matchup to me, the two best teams in the NFC South, mm-hmm. right? So when you talk about a potential tiebreaker, it's significant in that respect. But in terms of, oh, all of a sudden I think differently about the Bucks than I did before, I don't. What I want to see in the NFL, regardless of team or trends, show me three or four games of the same thing. But even that can be misleading because I was getting off Buffalo. Yeah. And then Josh Allen rolls out there and had, you know, it looks like the, the quote, MVP or whatever it, we were talking about it, at the beginning of the season. Is it a coincidence? We talked all last week. We talked two, two different times last week about how the Bills' D 
defense personnel-wise is much better than the Bills' defense has been performing. Mm. Is it a coincidence, though, that Josh Allen has his best game in a month and that defense plays his best game in the month as well? Because to me, when you're that emotional style of leader, that is the thing that trickles down to the defense more than anything. And when you're not rolling, I think it really does affect the guys mentally. When you're when you are rolling, I think it inspires everybody. It all goes hand in hand. It all goes hand in hand. Here's you know you talked about Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Stephon Gilmore's lost a step. I think the he Patriots' offense is awful. Right. And here's the other thing. You ready for this? Yep. Including Thursday night. Okay. We still got one game to play tonight. You know how many teams scored 31 points or more in the league this weekend? A this lot. weekend. 11, 11. 11 teams. And by the way, three or four of those lost. So this yeah. is a this is a league that is, I mean, just they're going to the house it's, all it's, the time. It's so true because we're sitting here talking about the Bills defense playing better and they gave up 34 points. Right. I mean, well, I, know, I know it was a late comeback late, assault yeah, yeah. or whatever, but, I, you know, like yesterday I thought the Dolphins looked pretty darn good on defense and they gave up 34, but they won. Or 31, yeah. You know, I guess 31, right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's right. That, that's that's kind of what it is but, now. But it, it, it is, man. De- the defense going out and pitching a shout-out or holding a no. team to 10 points or whatever, Not that ain't – I mean – the Saints did it last night, okay, but but that's not happening. What you need to do, the t- I think the turnovers are even more important than they've ever been because it just nets you that a- additional possession. And then it's like, how can you get the stop at a big moment? When can you get off the field where you need to get off the field in these games that go back and forth? And that's what it was. I mean, the, you talked about the Dolphins. They gave up 31 points, but what happened? When they got up three and the ball was in the hand of Kyler Murray in Arizona, they're going down the field. They were able to get the stop they had to get to win the football game, you know. And then, and so you can say the defense won the game. The other interesting part is when we look at the offense, it's because everybody's running the spread now, man. It, they they, they scored defensive touchdown. I mean, pretty much everybody in the league is putting the the ball in their quarterback's hands, whether they're rookies or veterans or old guys, and just let it roll. I mean, who 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 right now in the NFL is winning games? With their run game. Minnesota. Minnesota, the 49ers, the Titans, that's it. Yeah, but the 49ers and the Titans aren't winning games. <laughs> True. I mean, well, the Titans the, are. The, I mean, the Titans. And, the, I mean, Minnesota, since they decided to just run the ball, they mm-hmm. have looked. I mean, they've won three out of four, and they their one loss was a one-point loss to the Seahawks. And the only reason they lost is because Dalvin Cook got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I'm saying is even the teams that are losing, though, are not doing that. No one's running the ball anymore. It's crazy to watch. It's Everybody has decided to go homogenize and go towards this yeah, definitive you know, style. I, I'm going I'm to hold off on joining you on that because I I would say those handful of teams are the only teams in the league that are left that are straight run first, run a lot defense. But even, I mean, Tennessee's throwing the ball a ton, even though they're first and foremost a run. Sure. I would Actually, also want to know who else is running the ball. Green Bay is running the football. Green Bay runs the ball And good. Seattle wants to run the football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris just, Carson just, being out. Just don't you don't know, have the dogs. Right yeah. Now. But, but, but I'm saying, just philosophically speaking, there's still teams that really want to and are, and are, and will run the football. Who else is doing it? The Raiders. Mm. The Raiders are running the ball. Yeah. Quick hitters because I know we got to get out, but a couple other thoughts I had. Yeah, uh, I think Miami is a legitimately good team. They, I think they that are. those pair of, those those pair of corners that they got are yeah. gonna. Xavier Howard is is. You want to know what Xavier Howard's got? What he has, he's fearless. He's got courage. Mm. He'll go for he'll go for making a big play, mm-hmm. and I think that flustered DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. He he was so good on DeAndre Hopkins. And I was wrong. I said on the Make It Raining podcast, I didn't think that they had anybody to guard 
the Cardinals receivers. And in fact, they have multiple guys who can guard the Cardinals receivers. So I thought that um, you never know who they are until you know who they are, man. That's the way it is. Well, I, I just think that, that that Miami has good athletes defensively. I think that the Vikings now at the recommitted of the run game. I think they have a real chance to make a run. I think that they have four winnable games right ahead of them. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that the Falcons were just pounding the Broncos and then they still somehow almost lost. But maybe that's a turning point for the Falcons because they didn't. For the first time in no, years, they didn't. No tur- Let me tell you about the Falcons. They waived Tech McKinley today. Tech McKinley was their first-round pick uh 2017 he's like a i don't know a, like an 8 to 12th round uh, you know uh, pick overall maybe it was the teen somewhere but uh supposed to be their defense you know big pass rusher he was uh pretty good at a couple of moments but by and large did not become what they wanted him to he requested a trade the trade didn't come he says on twitter that the falcons were offered multiple fifth and sixth or sixth round picks from multiple teams for him they didn't take those, and then he complained about it on Twitter, and then they waived him. I mean, I don't understand on Atlanta, like, were you okay keeping this guy after he requested the trade, and then when he tweeted about it, then you weren't okay, so you just cut him? Because if you were just going to cut him or you, you knew that he was malcontent, why wouldn't you just take a fifth rounder, you know? Right. So I don't, you know, this seems a little bit reactionary, and all of a sudden they, re- you know, some guys will request a trade, don't get the trade, and go, well, you know. I wanted a trade, but, you know, I'm a professional. I'm going to go play ball. And I don't know that Tech said that he wasn't going to play football. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, but, like, he sends out a couple of tweets, and then that's the thing that's the last straw. Seems like a little bit thin to me on the part of the Falcons organization. Like, if you really, like, knew that this guy's temperature about being on the team and you weren't all that happy with him and he's got one sack in four games and now has been hurt for a couple of games that you were going to let him go, like, okay, if somebody makes you an offer, take the offer couple more quick hitters yeah the panthers and the vikings are the two best three win teams in the, in the league i think the panthers are good i 100 percent agree with you the the panthers are I, good is, is is an overstatement they are they're a lot better than a lot of teams that have more wins than they do they they are and they are a team that is um that that has both coaching and personnel and uh that's I, I, I'm with you. I think Carolina, lost, they, Carolina being tough isn't fake, and their two point loss, by the way, you know, long field goal attempt at the very long, like sixty yeah. was sixty seven yards or something like that. Yeah. But to try and win it in Kansas City, I mean, that was a heck of a football game. It's a good team. I mean, they lost four in a row by a combined total of seventeen points. So right, they're right there, um, and did get Christian McCaffrey back. They yesterday. did get Christian McCaffrey back. I thought it was an impressive win by the Ravens. Even though Lamar Jackson still doesn't quite look like, I mean, not quite. He doesn't in any form look like his MVP self from a year mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. But they're still finding ways to do it, and they're four and zero on the road, which is really impressive. But my last one is that I think that the end is finally coming for the Chicago Bears. If you think that you're going to win games with Nick Foles throwing the ball 55 times, you just got another thing coming. It ain't happening. You, you got to figure out a way to not do that. And I know the Titans have been. Even though they're six and two, they've been lackluster the last handful of weeks. But the Bears, I still just think suck, and I cannot wait till the Vikings just pound up on. This Sunday. is where you, as a Viking, and I, as a Packer, come together and find the common ground of hating the Bears. It's two tell new one is one of two ninety ESPN Radio. One yeah. last one. All right, it would have been so twenty twenty if the Cowboys of all teams would have ended the Steelers the undefeated streak. Not the case. What a thing. Hey, but your boy Gilbert looked pretty good. Quick break. On the other side, 
the AP, men's basketball, top 25 is out. Who's number one? I'll tell you what, they're not that far from Missoula, Montana. Next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Howdy! Two Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter, we are 16 days from the start. In, of uh, men's and women's college basketball. Buckle up. Is it, what day is Thanksgiving? No clue. I think it's the 26th. I thought you were going to tell me we were 19 days from Thanksgiving, when in fact we're only 20. Mm. No, I think it's 16 and 17. 16 and 17. Today's the 9th, right? That's what they tell me. Okay. I don't know. Doesn't that, matter. Veterans Day on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get a little... Veterans Day shout out here in the midweeker. Uh, Tutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. All of those, your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, Coulter, what I'm looking at here, what I'm having in my hands, which I've taken from you so you can't look at them because oh, I'm going to quiz you. Thank you. Coulter frantically looking through his papers for the right sheet. <laughs> we got these. Those watching on TV, we're really being conscious now. We're printing double side, and uh, if they're not stapled, it yeah. gets. Uh, Little yeah, especially on, because little I, I just I, I go a little overboard on the recaps of the. You want to have all the information? You're a journalist. You can, can very I, information. I, I gotta guy. say, I gotta say this. Speaking of the journalists, yeah, I gotta say, big time shout out to every single person that covers sports in the state of Montana. No doubt. This is the most fun time to do it, but it's not as if it's just some easy deal. You gotta go to the games. You gotta shoot the highlights. You know, if you're doing TV, you gotta cut it all up. Get it to the news on time. If you're Doing right, newspaper story. stuff. Yep. I mean, it is so hard to hit an eleven o'clock deadline after a high school football game. You got to get the whole thing out there and, and do it. So shout out to seriously everybody that's a sports writer, sports reporter. I, I'm loving it. I follow it on Twitter. I mean, yep. we we can only we're only one guy, two guys. I go to games every once in a while. You have family. I can only get out there to one or two games a weekend at the most, and a lot of times can't at all. And so the information is coming to us through these people. So they deserve a ton of credit. Our partners, SWX Montana, but also everybody else across the state, they're doing a great job. You know, people talk about the ills of technology and so on and so forth. And there's much truth to that. That said, uh, hashtag empty scores is just a revolution on Twitter. It's one of the greatest things ever. Sit there and just watch these scores and highlights, updates of the moment, pictures, videos, and all that. So, you know, it's it's awesome to get this feed going. (laughs) Obviously, you can watch games on the stream, too, uh, which is cool, but that's like... You know, if you're interested in just the overlay of everything that's going on every level, it's 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 fantastic. The Billings Senior Glacier game went to overtime, and Mike Shirting from the Billings Gazette tweeted, he said, going to overtime, my phone has 5%. Stay tuned. <laughs> I was like, no! I want to know what happened. But he saved he saved his last little percentage to get that last game when you feel going there. So good job, uh, Mike. Uh, Coulter, what I have here, which you do not have okay. uh, intentionally, is the uh, AP Top 25 
preseason men's basketball poll. Okay. Uh, we already discussed this a little bit, so I've hidden mm-hmm. this from you for a different reason. But the number one team in the land, the beginning of the season, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah. I think a surprise may. I think a lot of people, I th- certainly thought that Baylor would end up with the number one spot. They ended up second. 28 first place votes for Gonzaga, 24 for Baylor. Uh, Villanova is third mm. with 11 first place votes. And Virginia, fourth. University of Virginia okay. fourth with one first place vote. Nobody else got a first place vote. Okay, that's the that's all of them uh, through those four teams. Tell me, Coulter, who is the number five team in the nation after Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Virginia? Men's basketball, men's college basketball. I mean, shot in the dark, Georgia. Not Georgia. Well, you're right because they would have the presumably or Anthony one of Edwards. the number one overall. Yeah. They're not even in the top twenty five. They aren't. No, okay. not listed in the top 25. How about, how about Memphis? Memphis is not in the top 25. Wow. He's going to be on the hot. Penny Hardaway is going to be on the hot seat then. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he brought in those two recruiting classes. you got to be a top 25 if you're. I mean, he, the, 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 what, was it the Whitehead kid? Wiseman. Wiseman. James Wiseman, yeah. Played like seven games. So, I mean, I mean, I mean hey, I don't mean to take cheap shots, but if you're buying your recruiting classes, you'd probably be in the top 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kansas. Kansas is six. Six. The level that Kansas has maintained forever is so ridiculous that I bet you that that's actually their lowest preseason ranking in years. <laughs> so I don't know about that, but they, I mean, they're always there, right? I mean, Bill Self. Who could be number five? You want to roll through some blue bloods? Yeah. Okay. Duke. Is nine. Okay. Kentucky is ten. Okay. Michigan State is thirteen. And Tom Izzo has COVID. Right. As of today. Ouch. Our thoughts with Coach Izzo. That ain't good because he's, well. he's pretty old. Be well, my friend. North Carolina is sixteen. Okay. Okay. I don't know. UCLA twenty two. Ohio State twenty three. Michigan's twenty five. Okay. Man. What about what about um, um, they they were really good last year. They might actually made a run in the tournament. The Flyers, Dayton Flyers, the Dayton Flyers are not in the top twenty-five. They're not. This is a Big Ten school, a Big Ten school. They're they're not in the top twenty-five. The uh, The Dayton isn't. Dayton is not. Creighton is. They must. I guess they graduated. They they graduated a bunch from last year. Who is it? The Iowa Hawkeyes. Interesting. The number five team in the nation. Now, I don't know anything about this, right? I don't know about, but, you know, you sit there and you go, basketball, number five in the country, Iowa? Middle of the, you know, Midwest, corn-growing Iowa Hawkeyes. Hmm. Pretty impressive. So, uh, by the way, just to round it out for you. Oh, it's because of they got that, they got the big dude, the big center. Well, Saying that Iowa's got the big okay, dude but they seems got a they got Luke Garza. Luke Garza's his name. He's 6'11", 275. He's going to be one of the top ten picks. Kansas six, Wisconsin go Badgers seven. Illinois making an appearance. How about this? How long has it been since, since Bill Self was there? Right, Illinois eight well, uh, since Bruce Weber was there. Duke nine, Kentucky ten. There's your top ten AP top twenty five. The the Illinois athletic department is one of the most fascinating in the country to me. How are they not better at anything or everything? Less than 20 years ago, Illinois was perennially at least top half of the Big Ten in football and absolutely a top 10 basketball program. Well, I don't know about top 10 in football. No, no, no. They were were top half of the Big Ten 
in football. Oh, okay. They were pretty competitive, though. Yeah. They weren't the they weren't the bottom of the Big Ten. Yeah. And in basketball, I mean, there was that run when Bruce Weber was the coach where they had Darren Williams, Luther Head. I mean, they were the number one team in the country. I mean, weren't they the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament twice? Illinois has absolutely no excuse, period, to not be a top 15 team in men's college basketball every single season and often up there into the top five elite programs. Like, no excuse. Just go recruit Chicago. I mean, it's it's crazy. Chicago and Milwaukee, that's all you got to do. It's crazy. So, I mean, that's that's uh, that's what... Now, I, I would offer this. You know, you go, well, we're, Illinois, okay, you got Illinois, and then you got Marquette, right? Yeah. And you go, well, you know, Illinois is the state school. It's a Big Ten school. It's got, you know, it's in the same state as Chicago. But Marquette, Honestly, they're in, in Milwaukee. Right. First of all, Milwaukee's a, a significant urban center, a mid-major city. Yeah, but it's still like 120th the size of Chicago. But it's also closer to Chicago mm. than is Illinois, the University of in Champaign. Interesting. And so I think a lot of kids who are you know re- being recruited in basketball out of the city of Chicago go, well, I don't want to... I don't want to go into the rest of Illinois. It's interesting because we think of the states as being a barrier that holds kids in, mm-hmm. but actually the city could be a barrier that holds kids in. And if you think you're going out there to, you know, the fields of, you know, the, the amber waves of grain in central Illinois somewhere, you may not be into it, you know, and that might work against them quite a bit. Whereas now this begs the question too, like a Northwestern, I mean, they're right there in the city. You know what I mean? So they have a little bit of a more entrenched excuse with the academic side of Northwestern. Sure, but also who won? You know, who's winning? You know, the sixteen versus one stuff. You know, these city schools that you it's know true. come in and 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 have some great players. So anyway, it's an interesting, fun little look. The AP Top Twenty Five out. It's two tell nuanas, one or two ninety ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Coulter and I are on a podcast, but it ain't our podcast. That means somebody else likes us. That is lovely. We'll talk about that. And also, the Masters in November. How about that? Next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. What's wrong? You've been asking, but took four days. How come I'm still thinking? Let's pretend new president elect. It's going to take four more days, and it's not certain, but I would think likely we'll end up with a new Masters champion this week. How about that? Two telling new one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. Those are your relevant handles. And uh, if you missed anything, by the way, on the show today, you can check it out on the podcast, Two Tell new one is podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, listen at your leisure. The uh, podcast brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. Coulter, Thursday, they're teeing it up in Augusta, a November Masters. How about that? 
Uh, right now, uh, your uh, betting favorites are Bryson DeChambeau at plus 800. Dustin Johnson really? at plus 900. I cannot believe DeChambeau is the favorite. He's, I get that he won the last major, yeah. but to me, his game and that course... If he figures out a way to hit it straight all week, he's going to blow the doors off the course. But can he? Yeah. I, I mean, Augusta, if, if you're doing what he does sometimes where you hit your 410-yard three-wood down the left field line, mm-hmm. ain't good at Augusta. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I interested to see as well. I'm interested to see as well. I'll just say that. John Rom, your boy, at plus 1,000, and then Rory McIlroy at thir- plus 1,300, and Justin Thomas at plus 1,400. Those are your odds favorites at the masters uh top five tiger woods if you're wondering plus 3400 the defending masters champion he's down the list i don't know he's about 15th i'd say on this list of in terms of just you know your betting favorites as far as that goes but everybody's uh you know getting ready for this thing i find it uh it's so odd but also very interesting to have a, a, a masters in november I don't know, do the azaleas bloom in November? I think that was a spring thing, but it's also Georgia. So isn't everything just in bloom all the time? Like, how does it work? Do peaches have a season? Don't they just, just you pick one and then the next one just starts growing? Here's one for you. Okay. The concession stands at the Masters have always right. been legendary. Yes. Apparently the food is not only delicious, but... Just obscenely cheap. Yeah, buck fifty for a sandwich. Like, yeah, you, right. You got they say the, the, the saying is bring fifteen dollars cash, and I defy you to not eat three meals with a beer with each one. Yeah. You're going to get it in for five bucks a meal. It's almost like the uh, Augusta isn't really needing to make money off of this. Well, right, because the, you know you only got to pay what ten grand to get through the door. Well, there's that, but <laughs> so, also you only got to pay ten bill to be a member. Right. So. The Concessions this year yeah. are free. No kidding. Free. Wow. If I took my son the price of admission, we would make it back. $10,000 a day? There could be no sandwiches left. Here's a time traveler traveling one for you. Okay. Once upon a time, we had just... Now, I'm sorry. Just go back. Are they doing it free so that there's like less exchange of things and that kind exactly of deal? that's exactly right. I think so they just, just like, we're going to set it on the table. Here's your pimento whatever sandwich. Whatever you want. Let her rip. It. Okay. Yep. Wow. How about that? Now, you know, we've been looking for upside somewhere. There's something. There's something for you. <laughs> the first benefit of COVID ever. Pimento sandwiches for that's free. That's right. It's going to save you five whole dollars. Uh, once upon a time, we had just launched our uh, now regular segment, the ESPN Roundtable. Yes. We had Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello t- yes, on yes, the ESPN did. Roundtable, um, and he had just returned from the Masters. From Augusta, that's right. That seems seriously like it was so, so long ago. Year and a half. And like 13 years. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. Back to a simpler time in 2019. Uh, so how do you gauge this field, though? Because it's been a minute since we've seen a high-level golf tournament. I mean, how long has it been since Bryson DeChambeau won? It's been a little while. And also, a month, and, more and than, I mean, the golf, as soon as that tournament was over, just fell off the map in terms of, you know, you got football rolling through, and just none of these tournaments were all that important. They're all just like, you know, warm-ups and stuff like that. A lot of guys weren't playing in them. The thing I like about this is I got no idea. None. Man, like anybody could come out. I, here's what I, I mean. This is not really that big a limb, but there's going to be some guys that are way off of the map here 
that are going to be in the top five first couple of days, I think, you know, that are going to you go, well, how did this guy show up and all of a sudden play so great? Now, who's going to actually walk away and win this thing? Who knows? But it's Augusta. It is my favorite golf tournament uh, by far, and I'm happy that it's happening. You know what I mean? I'm happy that we get to check this thing out. And as I said before, it's going to be interesting to graft in an Augusta golf tournament, which usually is the absolute – I mean, it is perfectly situated in April, isn't it? You know, the, the fo- football is over. Baseball is having its opening weekend. We, have, you know, we haven't gotten into playoffs for hockey or NBA yet. And then you go, oh, man, I got these four to great days to carry us over. So there's going to be a lot going on here. Here's upon further research. Yes. There's no crowd at the Masters this year. So, None. So it is. So the free for, the free concessions are just for people that are working. Oh. Nobody's, nobody's going? I, I believe that's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, this article uh, in the San Francisco Chronicle uh, says, man, uh, there'll be no fans, right the, no fans of the tournament this week. There's a quote from Tiger Woods talking about how much of an influence the crowd can have on the tournament. I got to figure this out because if, you know, without the crowd there, the greatest thing you could do is be like a volunteer for the week at Augusta where you oh, got to yeah. like, you know, you got to work hard, I'm sure, and do whatever the tasks are. It's not like you're on the grounds crew. I mean, those are full-time people who are professionals and what they do, but they got a lot of other people, you know, that are out there looking for balls, you know, that are down the fairway or something. Oh, what a thing that would be to just stand out there by yourself while this is going on. Uh, anyway, hey, quickly wanted to make mention of this. Uh, our good friend Justin Angle, who uh, has just now started with us on The Business Angle, a new segment we're doing every other Tuesday. We did it last Tuesday, so tomorrow he will not be with us, but he will be with us in in eight days from now uh, to uh, if you're counting them up at home. But he is a business professor at the University of Montana, and his podcast is called A New Angle Podcast. It's, uh, well, I think the best podcast out of uh, Western Montana, local podcast that there is. The the guests that he has on that are fantastic. The conversations he has on it are fantastic. And, uh, well, you know, I mean, that sounds that actually is going to sound a little bit uh, uh, arrogant on my part now that I've said it. But we're very excited to uh, be with him on the podcast again tomorrow. Why are you laughing? I'm trying to say something good over I love, here. I love it. Okay. We just got a text from a listener about Bryson DeChambeau's yardages in his practice round today, and okay. it's why he's the favorite. Okay. Well, um, but, but Justin Angle is the man. Thank you, Coulter. Anyway, new uh, Angle podcast comes out every Tuesday, and the uh, episode coming out tomorrow will feature Tutel and Nuana. So we're very uh, excited to be on that, uh, talking about Grizz greats, as well as a lot of other things. Uh, this was recorded like probably a month ago, so, uh, uh, you know, even even then, you know, I, I don't even remember all the things that we got into in the sports landscape and what was going on. But I think it will be good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, you know, check out a new Angle podcast with Justin Angle uh, dropping tomorrow with your boys here. It's always fun to talk to Justin. Make sure you tune in every other Tuesday as well for the business angle. Absolutely. Segment with Justin Angle, analyzing the business of sports. Ten seconds left. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. Tomorrow on this show, we will lead. With the one and eight New York Jets. Wow. I already put money on the Jets. See you tomorrow. <laughs> 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 